Okay, Jacksonville, welcome back to the podcast, Uncomfortable. I am your host, Greg Newbill. My little self-applause. And today, one of my favorite subjects is we'll probably be going down the rabbit hole with a fellow yogi. Her name is uh, Sarah Anadi. I said it right, didn't I? All right. Okay. So um, I've known Sarah for maybe, what, six, seven months now, and we were sitting out in the hallway talking and I was talking with another yogi. Her name is uh, Amber. And we were talking about conspiracy theories and uh, Sarah said the same thing. She said, oh, I go down the rabbit hole. My antennas went up. And so here we are on the podcast. So Sarah, introduce yourself to the people. Uh, hi, my name is Sarah Anadi and I want to thank Greg for having me. It's an honor to be here. Okay. And um, so she gave me a list of things that she wants to talk about. So spirituality, and there's several several different um, subjects on that, right? And she was just having a conversation with my wife. And uh, what was that one thing you were talking about, Reiki? What was that you said with the feeling of Reiki? Reiki, what is that? Reiki is a movement of energy in the body. Um, it's akin to acupuncture. Oh. Um, yeah, it's, we have, you know, we oftentimes think of um, mental health or overall well-being as you know doctors or medicine or things like that, but um, there's also a lot of uh, research and, and proof and facts about a blocked energy. Like think about it, a lot of people know about chakras. If you have a chakra that's blocked, it can mess up your whole well-being. Um, so Reiki is a form of moving blocked energy so that you can get flow again and start to straighten yourself out. So with today, let me see, let me move my mic a little closer. So with today, the way the world, people are crazy. Um, I, I think people really need to take more yoga, but they need, I think people really need to be in tune with themselves more because I think people are, seem to be following, following the trend instead of being themselves. Do you see that? Absolutely. I don't think people know up from down anymore. Um, we don't know who's in charge. Right. And so you really just have to be in charge of yourself and stop looking so externally for answers or um, permission or uh, validation on anything. You really have to get clear within yourself because everything external is just a distraction from getting inside of yourself. Whether you're spiritual or not, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You have to be clear and grounded within yourself and who you are and what your values are. Um, because without that, I mean, the world is just telling you left and right who you should be, who you shouldn't be. Everybody's at odds. Okay, but hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. So with what you just said, okay. who is the biggest, what is the biggest problem with that today? I, I'm just going to say it's social media. People are always looking for the likes. And I think people have stopped knowing who they are and what they are to me. I would agree. And unfortunately, I think our youth are growing up never having the opportunity to even know who they are at all. Because right. they're growing up already completely submerged, submerged in social media. Um, and so they don't get a sense of who they actually are. And that's right. dangerous. It, it's, and it's, the society, society now, well, beyond my age group, 
And like I said, you know, we we were the working generation. My the guys in my age, you know, we got out there and grind and whatever. We had no social media and stuff like that. No, and we knew what our self worth was. But this you, what what generation is this now that's coming up? Why or I think we're in Y now. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, I look this up often to tell you the truth, and I, uh, but I don't know what this generation is that we're embarking on. You know, like you know, maybe your grandchildren's age, right? Sure, right. But as far as more people being more spiritual, and we're not talking church, right? No. We're, we're not talking church because that's a whole different story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll come back <laughs> right with that. Ooh, that that one in itself, but. For you, what is being spiritual for you? Um, being spiritual for me, I mean, it's taken on many forms in my adult life. Um, for a long time, until actually very recently, it was also an external understanding. Um, but what I've come to understand and acknowledge is that spirituality is really the understanding and the breakdown of separation from anything, uh -huh. uh, any person, anything, and um, and eradicating the idea of separateness at all we're all we're all collectively a whole right and i know that's a very it seems like an abstract um understanding but if you think about it in terms of energy um you know our bodies are housing energy but energy doesn't stay stagnant mm -hmm. it's fluid it doesn't die um and so if you think about all of us everything that's living whether it's trees animals human beings um we're, we're all energy but do you think that's not taught enough? Of course, they're not going to teach it in public schools. Absolutely right? not. I right. Mean, if we teach people how to how to get connected to their own power and that we're all connected and we're all on the same page um, as living beings, uh -huh. what would that do to all the divide that is <laughs> that is? You think it would? Living? You think it would erase it? A majority of it? If we really were if, seriously yeah. teaching this from the time our yes. children are tiny, yes. yes, absolutely. And what would that do? No one would be able to be in power of anybody. We'd all be right. Like, that can't happen. Then where's all the money going to go? It's going to be equal. Well, Bam! Right, right. right. Excuse my language. <laughs> okay, we're drinking margaritas, Sorry, by the way. So, but no, no, Sorry, she, <laughs> but we can cuss. Uh, but that that is true because I just think. Like I said, with social media at hand and people, I'm a spiritual person. I believe I'm maybe not totally in tune with what I should be as far as spiritual, but I feel like I have a good energy about myself. And, you know, I'm hard on myself sometimes, a lot of times, but from what I can see in other people, I can pick up on bad energy. I mean, within knowing somebody within five minutes, I can tell if that person has bad energy or not. And um, it's, you know, and you want to believe that, you know, some of these people can change, but I'm not sure if they can, or if they even try to find their good energy with inside themselves, because most people right now today are hung up on being negative. If you think about it, everybody is hung up on being negative, even with what we go through in that 60 or 75 minute class of yoga and you did a meditation class today, but on the outside, once we leave, then we have to deal with the outside world and that energy. 
And it's hard because, um, like I was speaking with your wife about, it's hard when you start to heal or to become a little bit more in tune with yourself um, because then you are less tolerant. It's not from a place of judgment. That's the other part that I identify with spirituality. I, I'm not better than anybody just because I tell, I, I identify as spiritual. Mm-hmm. Actually, if I identify as spiritual, I, I don't, I can't pass judgment on anybody. That's, right. that's kind of against what being spiritual means for me. Um, but what I was speaking with your wife about was how lonely it can be sometimes, you know, a little bit isolating, right. not really sure how to navigate in the world. Um, and being authentic as you are, um, but also seeing the world from a very different standpoint, that we are all one, um, that we are not our behavior and our thoughts, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very hard and heady, and I don't have any sort of spreadsheet to prove any of that. Right. But we're all, we're all behaving on autopilot in our daily lives from our programming. Mm-hmm. Our programming comes from how we were raised and how they were raised, all the generations before us. And that's where we get these, you know, our programming comes from and it's deep, you know? Right. So you're Italian, correct? Yes. Okay. So taking that, rewinding that tape a little bit, how were you raised? If that's not digging too deep. (laughs) No. I mean, that's, again, probably a whole different podcast. I mean, I have a lot of uh, trauma and things like that, like, you know, most of us do. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, if we want to stay specific to being Italian, I mean... um, I was, I did grow up with the Italian side of my family. I'm not hundred percent Italian. Uh-huh. That's the culture that I was exposed to the most. And it was, um, very Italians in general. I hate to stereotype, but, um, you know, we're known for being loud and mm-hmm. get, get togethers and red wine and tons of food and everything else. What we see on TV. Yeah. And being okay. together. There's right. a lot of truth to that. I okay. have to be honest with you. Okay. Um, even when I came here, I said, I can't come empty handed. <laughs> right. Is, right. Yeah. You just said that. My right. Right. You know? right. 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 Uh, right. Right. (laughs) But, um, but so there's a lot of love and a lot of passion, but there was also passion on both sides. I mean, passion isn't only for the good and the love. Right. So dealing with conflict or navigating through hard times or interpersonal dynamics within family relations, Mm -hmm. you know, the passion, which, you know, was very scary and the yelling that's fun when you're all drinking red wine and together mm-hmm. with family when you're not in that space was actually mm-hmm. kind of scary it was my normal right but even now as an adult i realize when i'm in dynamics with people who are not italian or didn't grow up in my type of family mm-hmm. um like my partner of 10 years uh, he, he had a hard time dealing with me in the beginning he said you're very loud and you're talking with your hands and you're in everybody's space and mm-hmm. i it was I, I never saw myself from that vantage right, point. Right. So I felt ashamed and embarrassed at first. And then now, though, I'm 39 years old and this is just how I am. Yep. And I don't mean any harm by it. Right. I'm aware. If someone seems overwhelmed by me, I know how to tone it down. Mm-hmm. But I do take up a lot of space in the room. And, and I, I will say that that is a very Italian characteristic. <laughs> but you know what? And I'm thinking about the time that uh, me and some of my friends went to Italy. And when we went to the stores, then we they were loud and we thought they were fighting fussing right. but you know over the period that we were there we we're like okay that's that's normal mm-hmm. so um but as far as spirituality <laughs> oh okay sorry no 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 absolutely not but as far as spirituality how is that in that yes. in that era that is where we're going. So right. no 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 we're uh, shooting from the hip so we got yeah, plenty of ammo we got plenty of ammo so i grew up uh catholic okay so that was um, you know, Italians are predominantly, we have the Pope and the Vatican right. and everything else. 
Um, but it was more um, like a lot of cultures. We were Catholic, but mm-hmm. were we, you know, adhering to the, I mean, the Catholic belief structure? Very strict. Yeah. Very strict. I went to Catholic school. I had nuns. I'm left-handed. Hey, me know. too. Are you? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. We're and the smartest. In the Catholic <laughs> church, though, that's not good. I mean, they had you hold your hand behind your back, and they taught me how to write right-handed. I got. Are you serious? Oh yeah. In, in Catholicism, it's it's archaic, and I'll be honest. I don't know if they still practice this in Catholic schools. I could have been one of the last generations. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's it. And if you really dig deep on why that is, long, long, long time ago, it was uh, because they saw that as a sign of um, evil or or the devil. Wow. Yeah, because most people are right-handed. Right. So if you, it was different. Right. But didn't they say most left-handed people are strong-willed and pretty, pretty uh, intelligent? Mm-hmm. I think I might have left, they left that part out on me. <laughs> but, but, uh, right. But um, um, that's, that's, but that comes from, you know, you're thinking about that. That comes from somebody who's saying, okay, because he's left-handed, that's abnormal. And then all of a sudden, we need to do something about it. Right. Well, I mean, if you really study the history of the Catholic Church, um, everything was a fear-based. Everything was fear-based. I think religion is fear-based. I do, too. I, you do, I, I think all forms. It's a, form of, it's a form of power and control, and it's a business. Yes. Your, your, your relationship with your spiritual deity or belief structure has nothing to do with the walls of a church right. or, or putting your money in a basket. In my opinion, that's right. my opinion. Well, we both share that opinion, but um, uh, I know we said we were going to say that part yeah, for another right. podcast. No, but I was just saying, because I was about to just put on my light helmet and my hat and I was going to get the shovel and we were going to dig into that. But um, no, but I, I just think as far as for spirituality and I think people try, like I said, people try to connect the two, religion and spirituality. And I think there's really, because anything spirit, spirit I can't, dang on, Margarita. Um, um, anything like that, right. Um, I just think it should be something personal when it becomes, even if no matter who you believe in or whatever, um, to me, it's personal. Like my belief in God and Jesus Christ, the Holy Trinity, it's personal. I don't need to be on a soapbox and every day, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Exactly. It's like, yeah, okay, here, let me, here we, here we go. You know, flip the off switch. But you know what? If people like to say that, then so be it. But to me, I'm just like, yeah, okay, here we go. But as far as, gosh, where were we at? <laughs> Spirit, spirit. Spirituality yeah. in the Italian culture? Yeah, well, you're right, but any culture, yeah, I just think, I, I just, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I just think that man has touched so many things and try to take advantage of people, even with something as small or something as personal as spirituality and religion. Well, it's very intimate. Yeah, it's and supposed to be. To exploit something so intimate for a form of power and control is is a, an incredible violation in my opinion. And also religion is one of the greatest divides on our planet. Yes. I mean, are you gonna tell me that something that is dividing our planet is coming from a place of unconditional pure love? Love? I, thank are you. you. Kidding me? Right. I mean thank you. We all have to wake up. 
Yeah. Do you do yoga or not? I don't care. I don't need you to be a hippie meditating. Right. That's not the point. But that's what people think it yoga is. Right. right. It, it does. But people, I mean, from uh, from the Muslim faith, faith ooh, to Christianity and uh, what is it? Hinduism and Buddhism and Judaism. Judaism. It's all supposed to be based on peace. And love. And love. Really love. Right, right. Based on love, peace and love. But in the name of peace and love, how many wars have been started? Almost all of them. All of them. That's what's so mind-blowing to me. But... um, And how about that? Not to interrupt. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. But but that's the thing. Like That's where, for me, the difference with spirituality is... Um, it's, it is personal within myself. And sometimes mm-hmm. you do connect and have synchronicity with people in life that share certain, you know, belief structures about it. But spirituality to me is boundless, limitless, endless. Right. I mean, you could be, you know, a, a Buddhist or uh, in the chakras or meditation or it's endless. Right. Whereas religion really pigeonholes you. To and one. if you are not adhering to a certain thing, you're going to burn in hell. Yep. Or, or you're allowed to murder other people who don't adhere to your belief structure. Right. That's asinine. Go ask someone who just meditated, you know, all day long. Not me, but right. the wrong person to ask. But, you know, go ask someone who goes to yoga and meditates what they think about killing other people for because they don't meditate and do yoga. Right. You see, so it's spirituality versus religion. Right. right. Really. They, yes. There you go. Very good. So, but, so, okay, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper. So, when it comes to... God, do I really want to talk about that? Well, if you're thinking it. Yeah, but, but no sin is greater than the next, right? It depends on the religion or whatever. But God, where am I going? Um, how do I want to say this? How can... Okay, as me as a black man, growing up, grew up I grew up Baptist, you know, had to go to church and all that. But, you know, and seeing so many different things, like you said, from different cultures and different religion, but how can man just determine that he, no matter the religion, if black people study Christianity, white people study Christianity, everybody, a lot of people study Christianity, but then you base it on the person's skin color and he's no good or he doesn't, he's really not a believer in God. So this is part of the rabbit hole I want to go down. But um, yes, go, go. go. So, so you as a white female, and like I said, I'm, I'm an energy person. I knew you were a good person within the first five minutes was talking to you. But I wanted to see what you thought about it, about people in general or people of color dealing with religion. Everybody's believing in the same religion, but all of a sudden a black person may believe you know, believe in the same thing, but he's not a Christian, a true Christian. So what do, how do we fix all of this? And you're supposed to be, it's supposed to be based on love of man. Well, we need that. I mean, that really does go back to, and it doesn't matter what form you practice is going within. I mean, even honestly, even if you really look and study religious texts, if you really look at it, and mm-hmm. you don't let another man interpret it for you, man or woman, but right. man is human in this instance, interpret it for you. Even, even Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, he was a profound 
um, manifester. You know those lost years of Christ? Yeah. We don't know where he went. No one knows. Right, H2, right. History Channel 2 will tell you where he went. Right. But it's, it's um, very highly believed that he went and meditated and, and lived a very yogi lifestyle during those lost years. Mm -hmm. So I, I say that to say that we need to stop looking outside of ourselves, even at to God or Buddha or Allah or, or whoever, because okay, let me say it this way. I took a Native American mythology class in college. And in that class, we still had projectors. You can wheel them in. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's how old I am. Projector. Okay. Right. So, okay. It wasn't on a computer. Right. So anyway, and he put up um, the origin story of Catholic, uh, pardon me, Christianity, which is also Catholicism mm -hmm. in that category, um, uh, Native American mythology, and Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at the story, they're identical. They just have different characters. Miraculous birth, right? Mm -hmm, right. Christ from Mary. Right. Um, um, the corn mother is Native American. So they're the corn mother right. birth from her. And then in Buddhism, uh, Buddha it, in, in fable was um, came from a lotus flower. Okay. Okay. So the point being is these are two different, or pardon me, three different theologies, but they're all the same. Right. Does that make sense? Like, uh, yes. So, it that's not what you asked me, but I'm trying, no, to, I'm trying uh, to get there. Right, no, right, right. But um, so we need to stop assuming that the answers and the understanding is going to come from without. Because if you study, really study theology and religion, mm -hmm. um, like as an, from an academic standpoint, it all talks about how God, Buddha, all it's, we are God and mm -hmm. God is us and right. he lives inside of us. That's what our spirit is. You know, we have spirit and soul. Right. Right. That's what we see our bodies and we have a pulse. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, what yeah. makes us living beings is something that's not tangible that we can't explain. We can't sell it. Right. We try to exploit we, it. Right. Try to exploit right? it. Right. Right. But really the core of who we are as living um, sentient beings is, is profound and charged by something far greater than any of us humans could exploit, even if we wanted to. We sure as hell try. We try. We sure as hell try. God lives, if you believe in God. I say God. I do say God, but I. it can be Buddha, Allah. I don't care. Right. To me, it's all the same. All the same person. Right. Universe, spirit, source. Um, I. It's all the same for my belief structure. But mm -hmm. it lives inside of us. We're not right. independent from that. So even going back to yoga, since you, know, you and I share that right. in common, the Om. All the Om means is there's no separation. We're all one. We're all one. And I know people get tired of hearing that, and you might think it's like hippies smoking pot on the beach talking about a being all one. <laughs> right, it's right. Truth. It's the truth. There's no, we're just a manifestation of something far greater than us, which is love and its source. Whatever you want to call source is irrelevant. We need to stop looking outside of ourselves and being distracted by what the world is trying to sell us to tell us the answers for anything. But what, what, this is this is my thing, and, and for a second, the ohms people, you do three ohms, but I have a problem, <laughs> and I have a problem. I have a, when I hear people ohm, and then I hear it's bad, I just start laughing, and I, <laughs> and I have to stick a towel in my mouth. There's no place for judgment, <laughs> right? Into yoga and right, there's no place, but I just can't. I just start, and the teacher Leah, most of the time. It's Leah Green, you know, we know her. She's the owner, wonderful lady. And she starts laughing because I'm back there cracking up. I sound like the dog Muttley from the, the <laughs> Wacky Racers. So I have to stick a towel in my mouth. But um, 
But like, like going back to what Sarah was saying, people just need to get out of their own ways. And learn to trust yourself. Whether it's prayer, meditation, long walks, your wife and I were also talking about that. Today. Right. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting with your legs crossed saying home. Right. You can climb a mountain. You can go hiking. You know, that's part of when we have these interests and things that we're passionate about, hobbies or what, whatever you want to call them, you know, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, it, it, it is. Gosh, it is. But it just seems like the way the world is going, there's no turning back to people being them being themselves I, to me i think we're going through a huge awakening right now and that's why we're feeling these drama really yes i do i think we're having because spirituality in in general is exploded now we see it in lululemon pants that are way too expensive yoga yeah, yeah. movie television but there is a collective awakening there is there's a huge part of this planet that is waking up and investing more thought and time into this spiritual it sucks in a way because spirituality yoga all those things i do think get sensationalized and exploited as well but i do i was listening to something recently about this um and i don't have it in my mind enough to discuss it eloquently but if you notice, that's why we have these huge divides right now. Mm -hmm. These huge divides are, there are people who are still very much asleep and there's people waking up. I don't want to say woke because I'm not 20 and that's not what it's about. It's not being asleep or awake. It's right. about being open to the idea that, that life is bigger than the politics and the war and, and race and it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And let but, me take, go ahead. But, but the word that you just said, woke, you know, and now it's it's a bad word. I'm too old to say anything. No, well, I don't. I don't know. I think it's been around for a while. Okay. But I'm just saying, people act like it's a bad word. You know, now it's in politics. Now you're the woke crowd. Okay, he's, he's woke. You know, and it, they made it out to be a bad thing. And they're using it to mock. Yeah. Usually liberals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, we got three minutes left on this Sorry. segment. No, 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 because we're going to do another segment because this is interesting. But. Uh, the next, I don't know. I don't know if we want to go down this part or not, but. Can I respond to the skin? You said yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we got, okay. you got three minutes. Sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. Not my strong suit. So I remember as a very young child growing up and having an awareness, even when I was in Catholic school, even though I was raised in religion and stuff, of having a really a, a deep understanding of why would God create human beings, um, some to be lesser than. And the way I always thought of it, this is a very rudimentary way of thinking it, but I was a child, but I still hold this belief structure. If you peel off somebody's skin, we mm -hmm. all look exactly, exactly the, the same. same. And I teach, I tell my daughter that all the time. It doesn't have to be more complicated than, than that. that. Why in the hell would we treat human beings any different for the color of their skin? It's literally the, the most insignificant layer. I mean, I'm not insignificant. Right. No, no, I know no, what you mean. But you peel that shit off, or if you're an organ donor, right? If I die on, in a mo you know a motorcycle accident and and or I need an organ and I get yours, right? That it, can make a damn difference. None. Hell no, it's no. not. It's gonna save my life. That's true, and, that, and that's that's one thing I always try to tell people. If God. God didn't want everybody to be the same. You know, I, like I said, the power above me is way more than that. But it just shows you. He's like, he gave us free will. But God, we have screwed that up immensely. Yes, we have. We've, we've really taken advantage of that. Yeah. He sat up there and created 
this diverse planet and then dropped us all down and said, white people <laughs> have fun. And then we're talking in any religion you go to, any religion I'm aware of anyway, we're yeah. talking about love and helping thy neighbor mm -hmm. and service to others. Right. Except unless only if you're white. Wow. Are you kidding? Okay. Okay. Look, we're going to take a break. No, don't be sorry because Maybe this is good. No, no. Right. No, but <laughs> the recording is about to stop. Okay. Part two is coming up, okay. so we're going to press this pause button. Okay, people, we are back for segment two, and we have still Miss Sarah Anadi uh, here with me in the studio. Okay, it's not a studio. It is a room converted into a studio. Okay, so first, the first segment, uh, she did very well with uh, spirituality. So we're going to dig a little deeper and we're going to talk about the CRT, the critical race theory. Now, I was just explaining to her when I first heard about it, um, maybe what, a year, a couple of years ago, I'm thinking it was some test that people had to take in school. But Miss Sarah, take it away. What is critical race theory? The way I understand critical race theory, and it's very multifaceted, so please know that I don't, I am not a scholar on this, but critical race theory is the critical thinking from an academic standpoint on how <laughs> laws Stop. and how laws in the United States uh, tend to favor whites and tend to be discriminatory towards people of color. And critical race theory is the discussion and, like it says in the name, the critical thinking of why that may be and instances of where we see that and what we can do about that and how we've gotten so used to that in our society that we actually don't question it as often as we maybe should. But so what is the, to me, what is the problem with telling the truth? If that's what it is, it, it, it's basically based on truth, right? Yes. And learning about how people of color, black people were treated, blah, 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 you know, from back then up until now or whatever and how. And to me, as a person who just loves all people, I hate saying that the white man did this and the white man did that. But in actuality, that's what happened. Because I have a lot of white friends that are male, but, you know, it's hard to, for me, is I want to talk about it, but then I don't want to feel like the people who didn't do anything should feel ashamed. You know what? It, is, does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. I had this conversation with um, um, a white male in his 50s who's from, uh, from Florida. Um, we're friends, um, and I respect him as a person, but, um, we have very differing beliefs on mm -hmm. social injustice and civil rights. And during the pandemic and when, um, civil rights issues were very heightened for, mm -hmm. for a period, um, overtly heightened, they're always heightened in my, <laughs> my opinion. But anyway, um, I had some conversations with him. And I asked him point blank one time, I said, so do you feel, and this came on the tail of, you know, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, this, mm -hmm. is, this is where we were. Right. And I said, so do you feel that if you were to be pulled over, that you are not at an advantage um, 
if you being white if um, versus being a black male. Uh -huh. And he very stone faced said, no, I don't believe there'd be any difference. I mean, he and he was serious. He was serious. He was dead serious. And at the time I was reading the book White Fragility uh -huh. um, that talks all about basically how sensitive white people are to talking about <laughs> civil rights uh -huh. and, and um, you know, race, racism issues and how offended we are. And really it's because it's a lack of education, which really isn't anyone's fault in particular, um, unless not everybody knows how to self-educate. So right. That's why I can bring it full circle to critical race theory, which mm -hmm. is something that is from an academic standpoint. So we learn it in schools, mm -hmm. in college, um, at high school, uh, elementary school, and things like that. So eradicating those discussions um, is dangerous. So you think it sets us far behind? Absolutely. And, and here's the thing, like, and I'll pull in a little spirituality here. Okay. Okay. But there's a concept called shadow work. Shadow work is where uh, we, we tend to think as people that we need to get rid of the bad parts of ourselves, right? We go to therapy, mm -hmm. we go to mo yoga, meditate, all the things, because we, and we want to get rid of the bad. And we, we're ashamed of the parts of us that we consider bad, you know, whatever the things we might do. Maybe we cheated on a spouse. We lie. Who knows? It's shit we do that we don't want anyone to know about. Okay. But really what it's about is assimilating all of our parts and accepting the shadow, the good and the light, yin and yang, whatever the hell you want to call it. Right. And being whole as a person with all of our parts. So bringing this back to critical race theory, I will say um, hiding and pretending that a part, a huge part of what makes up our country from yes. the founding times of the founding fathers, yes. which literally makes up the United States, right. that it didn't happen because it makes us uncomfortable, right. literally stops growth as a country, as a people, as a mm -hmm. race. You can't ignore the parts of yourself that you don't like just because they make you feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, right. <laughs> that is true. In and, any aspect of life. Right. But... It, it gained so much momentum over the past four years up until now. It gained a lot of momentum. And now you see it, it it's being blocked it, here in Florida, uh, Governor DeSantis. So now you can't say gay, huh. right? You, right. You, you, you can't say that. You can't teach critical race theory. And of course, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, of course, we that was just a total different era because I grew up 10 minutes basically where Frederick Douglass was born. Okay. We didn't know. You know how I found out? From my wife. When we went, she found out when we went home, she said, let's do more. I did not know the Underground Railroad went through Maryland where I grew up, where I used to fish at. Had no idea. And, and, to me, that's just sad, sad of so much history mm -hmm. that there were, God, I hate to say it, there were rape camps in Maryland of slaves mm -hmm. for men. They raped black men, the, the, the ma masters or whatever, mm -hmm. raped black men to keep control mm -hmm. of the other slaves. And I had no idea that went on, mm -hmm. you know, but it's important that we realize or know these facts so we can grow as a country but now it's just like the clock is going backwards i mean it's ridiculous i mean we live in such a progressive time um technologically information i mean to not here here's how i felt let me take it here when mm -hmm. desantis was 
making this illegal in Florida. I mean, I about lost my shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I won't go right. there on right. the podcast, but you can. Well, here, well, here's what I'm saying. I was so angry. I I educate my daughter at home. Mm-hmm. Thank God, but we all know not everybody's doing that. Right. But here's my point of view. What are you doing? You're educating your kids to stay in Florida and in the same town. What if they go to college anywhere outside of Florida? I mean, I know there's a few other states going down the same road, mm-hmm. but if they go anywhere else, what if they go abroad? Right. What if they go to the West Coast and they have a black professor. Right. So you're teaching them to to not have an understanding or respect. Right. Even the same goes for not to take it there necessarily the LGBTQ. Right. What if you have a gay, trans, whatever professor or boss? Right. So what do you going to tell your kids about that? What if you get a job and you go somewhere and you your your superior is a person of color? Right. And 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 you're supporting their education, totally eradicating a huge substantial part of American history and the history of of their brothers and sisters, meaning the people are sitting next to in school. Right. I mean, that is absolutely insane. But, okay, and taking it back to the era when I was in school, we were taught, and of course TV did a lot of teaching too, we were taught that the American Indians were savages. Right? We were taught that they were savages because they were killing the men and women, and all they were doing was protecting their land. Because all we knew that was Christopher Columbus sailed over here and discovered America. Got a holiday. You know, Christopher Columbus. Come to find out, he didn't discover shit. People were already here. I lived in Puerto Rico for four years. Uh-huh. And uh, Christopher Columbus, uh, they don't, we don't, they don't celebrate him anymore over there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we, right, yeah, right, very, right. But anyway, that's, a, I guess, a different topic. But, um, right, I mean, we... And we're Americans, but yeah, we do need to remember that that we we did steal this. Yeah, we, we did, did steal, steal this land. Yes, yes, and but it's just it's just amazing how how far people, you know, even with the critical race theory and stuff like that, how far people just want to go back and just erase history to their advantage. It's so dangerous. I mean, look at what we all sit here and have opinions, or many of people I know anyway, about North Korea. Right. How, how are we much different than that? We're are not. we really the land of the free if we're not going to talk about our own history? Right. The shadow and the good and the success says, and the failure. How you learn more in discomfort and failure than you learn when things are rainbows and <laughs> right, right. Now, <clears throat> for me, it, you know, I deliver, I deliver uh, wine and spirits for a company, and I'd like to notice things. And before that, I worked in corrections for 19 years. And I was an investigator for that department for a better 15 years. So I got to know people. And I start, And before that, I was in the Navy. So I got to travel, learn different cultures and stuff like that. But and so it, it kind of rounded me as a person. And then I just started noticing things about the haves and the have-nots. And delivering to these over the past, we moved here in 2015 and 2016, I started delivering. Guess how many black owned businesses I delivered to? Out of this, out of this whole entire time from 2016 up to present. Take a guess. Zero? I mean, one. One, okay. One from St. Augustine to Tallahassee to Daytona. One black owned business. And then when I go to the golf courses and I see and I don't mind people having a good time. They maybe earn their wealth or whatever. But it makes me think about that the head start 
of 400 years of oppression, how that money manifests into wealth. And we are still, people of the color are still on the outside looking in. And they, even with this critical race theory, it's gonna still keep that going. And you want black people to do better. You always hear, you want black people, pull your bootstraps up and do all this other shit. But when we do, you know, it's it's just like, what? Well, that's a distraction. I mean, that's, that's just smoke and mirrors telling you to, any group of people or demographic to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Mm-hmm. It's also extremely disrespectful. But anyway, right. don't, don't get me started. <laughs> but I mean, how can we go backwards, even with like banning books? Right. I mean, to Kill a Mockingbird has been banned and unbanned so many times. And I don't know, I'll check, but Florida may still have that shit banned. You know, this classic piece of literature that explores critical race theory, like in a very empowering way. Why, why if you start preventing your people or your society from learning, uh-huh. you're, you might as well, I mean, th- that is so dangerous. Are we in a democracy? Are we freedom of speech? There we go. Do we have rights? Our rights are being decided for us. Not allowing children to learn an aspect of history is not, we're not as free as we think we are. Right. And to form our own opinion. To form our own opinion. Because you don't even have the education right. or the knowledge. But it's, it's, it's oppressive. It, right. And it's oppressive. And it, like you said, it's leading us down a dangerous path. So, what's the answer from, from your point of view? Now you're you're that generation. You're the younger generation. I admire. This. To me, it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. If you can get the job done, do it. And I admire strong women like Nicole's out there. Yeah, she's doing she's her, awesome. and she is she awesome. Is awesome. She is Nicole Ham people. Yeah. But you know, I I love seeing people out there doing their thing, and they don't mind getting dirty. But even during her campaign, somebody said that she was a part of Antifa, and we were like. Who, you know, but you know anything to to bring people down or whatever, and you know they, you know, of course they're gonna look at her skin color because she's a black lady, you know, but that shouldn't even matter because we want. For me, our time has passed. I mean, we're still here, but now for people like you, who can deal eloquently, did I say that right? I know. Okay, with talking about critical race theory, about spirituality, and about what society society should be. And it's not as Margarita. Yes, it is. Well, we (laughs) talked about that, what happened with the other half in Georgia. (laughs) But she finished hers, people. I did, I did. And I put three shots in her glass. Oh, you did. Yes, I did. (laughs) And she's finished, but I'm, right. um, But we need, it's it's a battle. It seems like it's a battle between good and evil. Are you asking what we can do about it? Yeah, what can, from your perspective. Well, for me personally, I educate my daughter at home. I don't rely on school, um, other people. I educate her. I'm very direct with my daughter. Some people who have seen me, how I speak to her about drugs, alcohol, Mm -hmm. race, Mm -hmm. or when, I mean, not to take it here, but when Trump was president, I mean, I am very direct. Right. I want my daughter to form her own opinions. I do not try to cook press or push mine onto her in any way, shape or form. 
I just explained to her very clearly why my beliefs are my beliefs and values. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to have her own life experiences <clears throat> and she's going to be, um, you know, influenced by my values and, and the things that I teach, of course. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't rely on the school right. to educate her on matters that are pertaining to my values. I talk very blatantly about, uh, race, um, and she doesn't even, for her, I mean, it's different. This is personal to our life, but she doesn't even know any different. I mean, right. she went to kindergarten in Seattle. Um, she, you know, meaning like we took her, you know, to Pride when she was three. Uh -huh. You know, um, she lived in Puerto Rico for four years where she was a minority. Right. So she had that exposure um, and she felt uncomfortable. And, and so she has a different vantage point, And I'm very grateful for that time. And then coming to Florida for her was huge. I mean, during, you know, Ugh, anyway, all the things and lockdown and everything else, mm -hmm. even she was aghast. Like, I mean, literally aghast. Like, why would we treat people bad because of their skin color? So I feel very fortunate that I had the wherewithal to not hold back because I felt uncomfortable discussing uncomfortable topics with her. Right. So that is something that we can do at home mm -hmm. is talk to our kids and have those uncomfortable conversations. The other thing that comes at a cost, especially um, I don't want to put myself in a victim role in any way, shape, or form, but as a woman, I feel like it does come at a little extra cost than maybe a white man, um, is I'm very, I ha I'm a very opinionated woman, mm -hmm. and I am oftentimes seen as difficult, oh, or you really? know, I'm too loud, or I'm too this or too that. I'm not offended. I'm not at home crying about it. <laughs> I just learned how right. to not, I don't try to make myself small, and, uh -huh. and the people who are right for me. They will be in my life. Right, will be in your life. Are, they won't, and that's okay. Right. So I have those hard conversations with a 50-year-old Floridian native mm -hmm. on my back deck. Right. I ask those questions. Right. You know. Well, how do they feel when you ask those questions? Or Do they get antsy or do they come out and just say bye? Um, I think the energy I got from him, um, it was that I, like, who did I think I was? He didn't say that to me. Right, but that's but, what you were feeling. Yeah, that's what I was feeling a little bit. And I am a reader, and so I would come back like, well, this book and this and this and this. And he I, I he didn't have – his was – literally was his programming, was where his belief structure came from. Right. He's a nice guy. He's a right. friend of mine. Right. Okay? I mean, let me just make that clear. Right. But he had nothing other than his own, you know, belief Beliefs. structure right. to go on. Right. And I'm like – not, nobody, you can't walk around this world just having a, you can, people do, obviously, right. why we are where we are, right. but just believing something and stating it as so, because that's just what you believe, because that's how your parents believed and your grandparents believed and your great-grandparents believed. Mm -hmm. And so educating and being willing to have hard conversations and not shying away from it, even if you're standing alone. I have stood alone many a times and many areas of my life, even amongst my own friends. Really? My family. Oh, yeah. My dad is the biggest trumper you ever knew in the world. I'm glad you said that. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about next. Okay. So people know, people know me. I hate him. I think he's a maggot. Oof. I think he's a maggot. Mm -hmm. And I have lost a lot of, I thought, who were friends. Mm -hmm. Because basically I cut him off because mm -hmm. that type of thinking if you support that, then how can you support my, you know, support me and my beliefs? I, I don't care if you were black or white, you know, even if, if somebody does not like white people, you know, or whatever, my wife is white. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends are white or whatever. Then basically you can't come to my house. Right. 
I don't want that at my house because that's this is her home too and you know i if all respecting her too right exactly right right so so when that happened did you really find out how many friends you really had or you thought who were your friends from when he became i don't even say the p word i just said when he was in office yeah when he was in office um well i lived in puerto rico when he uh, went into office and i it was that was a very emotional experience because um the puerto rican um predominantly that was emotional for them too mm-hmm. for so many reasons you know they're a minority they're not quite a part of our country they kind of are right they right don't know who they are or who they're not but that was very emotional for them and so i saw it from a completely different perspective than i would have seen if i lived here but and regardless of that i mean i saw a lot of emotion um i it's a whole long story but there's this mom from my daughter's you know fancy private school in san juan puerto rico who runs the pta and runs the school mm-hmm. always together and she just fell apart and i took her on on the day that he went into office i took her for a glass of wine and i gave her a xanax i mean i mean she was distraught wow. she was distraught so anyway but um yes i did um see i mean i i'm pretty liberal i'm very liberal and most of my friends are as well but i did start to see it and with my own family is where i saw it most i mean my dad unfriended me during on social media seriously oh yes because you know i am a very he calls me difficult but i just would i would just ask him questions he would post um things about trump that regardless i don't care that he voted for trump or that he supports trump or that he's a republican we're mm-hmm. all we all have freedom to choose not True. to be right. americans or supposed to right so that wasn't the issue but he would just post these memes and i knew he wasn't educated in what those were saying and that's right. what bothered me right and so i would question them like um um, he would do, um, he was, this goes real dark and I'm sorry, but no, go uh, ahead. Jeffrey Epstein with, uh, Hillary. Yeah. And I would, I would just post back all the photos of Trump and Epstein together. I mean, there's tons. <laughs> right. There's a lot. Uh, right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. lot. Right. And so right. anyway, yes, he unfriended me. Um, wow. <laughs> I mean, he's still my dad, but right. we joke about it with each other because we can't actually have a conversation about it. You know, my dad and Trump are very similar. They actually even have the same name, and they're both malignant narcissists. So that's a whole Ooh, story. Wow. But um, but and then even my own partner. I mean, um, he. I started to realize that he's very socially liberal. Ah! Oh, people, that was our puppy. My puppy, Brandy. No, she wants the ball. Ah! No. But go ahead. She I'm gonna like Trump either. Right. Yeah. She doesn't Damn. Damn. Um, so um, even even my partner, I you know what I saw a lot of was even people who were, who were quote unquote anti Trump were trying to rationalize Trump. Mm-hmm. I think part of, of a way to to make sense of it because it was so insane in my opinion, right? And so they're yeah. like, well, he's a great businessman. Well, he's a great this. Well, he's a great that. I'm like, he can't even run his own life. Right. Everything about his presidency was scandal. What, from day he, one. Why was he running our country? Right, from day know, one. It's, it's not about Republican or Democrat, by the way, to me at right, all. Right, right. He, he was firing people left and right. He, he didn't have a handle on the office. And so how was he supposed to handle our country? country. And he offended everyone, women, men, people with disabilities, yeah. uh, people of color. But that should have been, the, that was the key right then when he made fun of a person with disability. Uh, and, and that was the sign. He told you what he was he was a piece of shit from junk but they loved it well here's my here's my question to people when they would try to defend him when stuff like that would come up in conversations i had i said if your child got sent home from school 
and and this was why. Would you give them consequences? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, let's take it down to the rudimentary base here. If your kid came home because they were making fun or bullying, I mean, Trump is a grade A bully. Right. Okay. I don't right. Care what you like him or not, he's a fucking bully. He is. So if your kid got sent home from school because they were bullying somebody, or what if you got a call that your kid was being bullied? So I took it from the point of view of I didn't even want my daughter to watch him. She did watch him. She watched the debates. Right. I let let her see it all. You know how disconcerting it is to be raising a young child, telling them how not to bully and to be kind. Right. And they're looking at TV, and their leader is this person. Right. Exactly. How on earth do we rectify treating others with kindness and respect when this the is per- who we're looking to as our leader? But they explain it to me, anybody. But they can't. I still don't get. He's told so many lies, and he's still telling them. But they still believe him. It's crazy. I, I don't. It, it makes me think that am I crazy? For yeah, not believing them. Right, I know, but it's just like, why? Why? What is it about this man that has these people, so, even the politicians, because basically because of political capital, of course, right, right, right. they can't talk against them, but why not stand up and be a man or a woman and say, okay, this guy is not part of what we are as far as our values, but apparently he is. Well, this has really shown us all as a country the unwillingness we have collectively and individually to really take a look at ourselves. Yeah. We all That's wear true. a lot. We all wear masks in society. We don't need no it's not all in, in malice, of course. That's just how we get through life. We wear our social masks and our masks at home and at work and all these things. Um, but to take the mask off and really look <laughs> at what you believe, what do you believe and why do you believe it? Nobody has time for that shit. And so they just let other people tell them who they are and they just get behind somebody else and they become um, crusaders because yeah. they don't want to, let's go back again to what we were talking about last segment. What do we do about it? We get to know ourselves. We, we get to know who we are. We get to, we ask ourselves those tough questions. We get right. intimate with our own shadow, right? Right. That all plays a role, but nobody wants to do that. So, you know, somebody with a loud voice and loud presence gets to do the work for them. And lazy. it's lazy. But the thing is, too, here's what I've seen a lot. Everybody who believes in him wants to be an asshole just like him. You, it, to me, and it's just like, seriously, this is this is what you really want to be, you know, in life is be a complete asshole because nothing, absolutely nothing positive came out of him being in office. Absolutely zero. Yeah. But people want him back. Now, and the scary part is that even if he doesn't get reelected, he somebody is, like he, him. he is positioning. Yeah, it's going to be somebody who's. But that's what I said. He may have lost the battle, but is he winning the war? And that's that's the thing that that scares me scares because me um, what if some what if one of his cronies does? I mean, the next next person in line is who? DeSantis, really? Bang up job. I mean, look at what he's done in the last six, seven, eight months. He's eradicated. He can't, you know, LGBTQ rights in our, right. in our state. Um, the critical race theory, uh, mocking children for wearing masks at school. I mean, this guy's a scumbag. I'm sorry. He is. Don't, people, he, don't, don't get my address out. He, he, no, right. <laughs> but he is. He is a. He. Yeah, I mean, wild. even when he was campaigning, yeah. he was like up there with his. Young infant child build that wall. I don't know if you remember the commercial. And I was like, seriously, dude? 
And isn't he of a Spanish descent? Yeah, Mexican? I'm not confused. And he and his wife, I believe, have a Latin yeah. origin of some kind. So that's even more. I mean, that is that is pure power and greed. And yeah. I think that's us. Yeah. But that's what this basically all boils down to. It does. I mean, I think it's all bullshit. Yeah. So don't, I don't like to go there. No. People are like, what are you talking about? It like, is. It's all, it's all a big game. We're all paying. You know that game of life we played when we were 10? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing. But like you said, it's basically nobody, everybody goes out with their mask and, you know, nobody, nobody's themselves really. Or, you know, if you can tell the people who don't try to wear a mask, just like you, you know, just, hey, I am, it is what it is. This is me. Right. You know, this is me. So I, I, I just, I'm just fearful for my kids yes, me too. and my grandkids mm -hmm. and the type of world that they're, they're country that they're going to be in the next 10 years you know we used to say in the next 20 years but now it's like the next five years what's shit gonna be like i mean what the, the change and the turmoil and all of it that's happened in the last two years mm -hmm. i mean we have to remember as a society to um not to take it here either but you know we have to be really gentle with ourselves i mean we are we need to stop pretending that we're going back to normal and that things are fine. We need to we need to honor what we've all collectively as a planet, mm -hmm. just America right. as a planet, right. have been through. We're, we've been, we're, we're just a shit. We're yeah, we're gingerly walking out of a global pandemic, pandemic. into potentially a World War Three. We need to be able to take a breath. We need to stop pushing ourselves to these unattainable levels. And we, again, we need to start by going within ourselves or our family. We need to start small yeah. and, it, and it actually has a big impact. And I also want to say, you know, this whole eradicating any kind of conversation in, in schools in general, by mm -hmm. the way, bring back to critical race or, or uh, LGBTQ or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, listen, dis, disempowering children, treating children or our youth, let's say our youth, um, disempowering them by not giving them all the information. They are our future leaders. Yes. They are where the power is. They need all the information. Yes. All they do. It. So we are telling society in this country, we don't trust our youth to have all the information. That is scary, scary as hell. All right, we got 15 seconds right. left. Okay. No, hold on. We're going to do the next five minutes, but hold on. We're going to stop it real quick. All right, people. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still blaming. I'm blaming stuff on the margarita. <laughs> Sarah doesn't want want people to believe that. But this is going to be our final segment. Of course, we're going to definitely have her back. Um, I wanted her to continue what we was what she was saying in regards to the hindering or the lack of teaching of our history. So, give the floor to Miss Sarah again. so important that being that we live in a quote unquote free country that we all have the right to have all the information and we need to relearn to trust ourselves to assimilate and digest that information and come up with our own uh, opinions about it. That's really what we pretend we are when we say we're Americans, land of the free, freedom mm -hmm. of speech. I mean, if you don't have all the information, I, I, I've said it already tonight, and I've said it a lot in my life, how free are we? With freedom comes a lot of responsibility. And with freedom, it can be scary to sometimes realize some of the truths um, that 
that are just realities and truths in general, right? In general, you know, um, but in terms of, you know, our children, whatever side of the coin you're on, on any issue, political, race, gender, I mean, any of it, the most important thing that we can be doing for our kids and for ourselves is to give them all the information. We, we can't put them in boxes and cages. They're going to travel. They may go into the military. They may be scholars. They may want to go to college out of state even. I mean, right. you have to set them up for success. And by sheltering them to the point of, like I was you know, saying earlier, I mean, what are, what are you going to do if your child goes, goes to college and has a black professor or a Republican <laughs> professor or liberal, whatever, right. all the things right. that we are and we label ourselves as. I mean, we need to teach, we need to be teaching how to respect one another regardless if we agree with one another. There's a, that's a superpower, by the way. Yeah, but the powers that be doesn't want that. And that's the, that's the scary part. So scary. And the powers that be have the money. You see what I mean? And I, do. I don't want to be crude either to North Korea. I've used them as examples so mm -hmm. many times, but I have to be honest. When I hear a story about how horrible North Korea is, or you know the censorship, and they don't even have iPads, and mm -hmm. they can't look online, it's all censored and monitored. We do have that, right? We, um, yeah, I'm just saying. We but, do, but that's what I'm saying. Right, we right. Turn our nose down. Yeah. And talk about Kim Jong or whatever. Right. Um, we need to look at home, guys. Yeah. Because we are now banning history, banning books again. I mean, what what are we going to go back to burning the books? I mean, it, it's. It's a form of art at the very least. Yeah. You know, a form of, you know, I don't know. I just, I, it's so important to educate, educate your, your kids and yourselves independently from the media, certainly from social media. And remember that your identity is not what you are politically, what you are religiously. It's, it's so much deeper than that. You know? Right. And, and going back to what you said with uh, North Korea, mm -hmm. and when you brought up, you know, them not having iPads, and I'm like, yeah, we do. That meant yeah. to, to me, no, to me, it was saying that like they still, we still have access where kids can find that information, right? right. And so right. that's no, that's that's important, important, but it's the online. Like I said, more people seem to be more in tune with watching this man or this woman walk across the street because you know they're wearing something sexy right. instead of learning about history, right? So. To me, somebody's going to have to force feed that into society because I did a podcast. One of my first podcasts is like, who's going to rewrite the history books with the truth? Because so much of history was his story, not history, but his story. So who is going to take up that challenge? Because we got a lot, like you said, now there are a lot of people I follow on social media that are preaching about the injustice of people of color, you know, the rights of women, that, that just, that's just one thing that just blows my mind. How in the, excuse my language, about how in the fuck can a man sit there and determine the rights of a woman's body? How can we sit up there and do that? You know, you make the law, but you're not a woman. That's not your body. You know, oh, you're going to have this baby. Uh, I, I mean, all we're doing, okay, when we, when we try to outlaw or ignore or hide or eradicate or whatever you want to call it certain realities um all we're doing is putting our our citizens in danger for example i mean this can, this can get 
ready to go down the hole? Go. Uh, sorry. So got abortion. It. Okay. Let right. Me, uh, yeah. No, let me just go big or go home. But right. I mean, okay. For example, hold on. Amsterdam. Okay. The Netherlands. We all allow, oh, you can smoke weed. You can, prostitution's legal. It's all legal over there. Uh-huh. What that does is empowers the people and keeps them safe. Right. Okay. So my point, outlawing and eradicating things doesn't get rid of it. It doesn't get rid of it. It just makes it more dangerous. So for with abortion, for example, by outlawing abortion or making it extremely difficult, all we're going back to is coat hangers and alleyways. Yes. Okay. So if yeah. we really care about our people, the the number one thing we need to do is educate mm-hmm. and make things as safe as possible. We are not going to get rid of drugs, prostitution, abortion, smoking pot, whatever you want to talk. By the way, a bunch of people aren't going to wake up tomorrow because you legalize something and start doing it because it's legal. You're right. already doing, doing it. it. Right. So exactly. why don't we, I mean, here, let's take it back to the 1%. Let's monetize everything. Let's let's fix our streets. Let's fix our mental health care system. Mm-hmm. Or let's create one. Right. <laughs> there really is right. There really is. Right. Let's, right. Let's put it into our education. But educating our, educating each other, educating our people is so dangerous. I read something recently, it goes all over social media, so I'm not the only one, but um, a government is never going to educate a people to overthrow them. Keep that Woo! shit in mind, y'all. That's, like, let me tell you right the Say that now. again. Say that again. A government is never going to educate their people uh, enough to overthrow them. Wow. You have to do your own homework. Homework. And it's not looking online. Do some critical thinking on any matter. Really, really sit with things and think about them. Have discussions with people, that, like safe people who are open-minded. Talk to your children. Talk to your community. Go back to the age of the philosopher. Mm-hmm. We talk about philosophers. It's so it's some heady notion. No, these were people who sat in public forums and discussed shit so we could have evolution and movement and learn. Right. And that's, that's how you they grow. Were they weren't. Right. You know, magicians and alchemists—they <laughs> were people who critically thought about things so that we could expand and learn more and utilize more of our potential as human beings. And today, it seems like everybody wants to limit people's. You know, uh, you know, just like my job. My job is a mindless job. I mean, it takes. You know, you got to drive. You got to drop off. You, you know, redo this and that. But like I said, most things today for most people. God, where am I going with this? Um, like I said, we gotta, I don't know, we gotta learn more about ourselves because if not, if we don't take care of ourselves, right. nobody else is gonna do it. it nobody. Starts with us. It starts with us, right. And I had to learn that with my job. I was going out there killing it, you know, getting 20 something stops done, you know, then all of a sudden I had realized the more you do, the more they're gonna throw upon you and they don't care about you. And so, you know, so now I just take my time, slow down, and it's like take care of myself and, you know, and just think about, okay, where do I want to be in the next five years or whatever? And not just think about this job, but think about myself and where I want to grow and grow for my grandkids, my kids and my grandkids, because I don't want to be, I don't want to be the person that, you know, at a certain point just stop growing and stop learning. But to me, it seems like people have stopped learning. Or learning about what could be instead of what's in front of them this very second. Think think about the past. You can learn your future. Einstein, I don't have the direct quote, but Einstein spoke. He wrote, you know, lengthy papers. And if you look at them, they're actually really profound and progressive. 
he talked about, um, I'm paraphrasing, but um, he talks about how there will be a time in history when we're all looking down and we're not, we're not, we're not talking to each other anymore. I mean, he basically prophesized the, the cell, cell phone. The cell phone. And, and I, I can get you information because I, again, I don't have facts. Wow. Or, or, yes, he did. He really did. And he said, that's going to be the most dangerous time for our planet when we're all looking down and we're not talking to each other anymore. And that's exactly where we are right now. He was very spiritual, by the way, Einstein. Really? Say, oh, yes. Go down that rabbit hole sometime. Oh. Fascinating guy. He, you know, science met spirituality. Yeah. And that, there's Einstein. Wow, that's scary. When you, somebody scary. can talk about, we'll all be in... You watch everybody now, even traffic lights are in the restaurant. Everybody's just looking down. What do you think's happening while you're looking down? That one percent is just running circles around your ass. That is true. That no, is so true. true. It's terrible. I do believe we're going, the pendulum will swing back the other way. I think we are very conscious of the problem with our addiction to technology. I was telling Greg earlier that I was listening to a podcast with a Oxford professor who was discussing how uh, cell phones are programmed um, intentionally to give us the same dopamine release uh, as slot machines. They are mm -hmm. engineered to give us those dopamine bursts. Yeah. Uh, the same as, as slot machines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So be careful, you know, just look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. That's a great way to end this uh, <clears throat> segment. And, um, I, I was looking forward to this, and I am so glad that you finally came. She's my first guest of 2022. Oh yes, you are. So I, I really. Give me a clap. Yeah. Oh, yes, she deserves an applause. Here we go. That's for Miss Sarah Anati. But uh, it, and it, like I said, it was just, it was a good conversation. I learned something. And, and you know, I hope you do come back, I you know. Too. And um, and not just for podcasts, you know, we do a lot of entertaining here. Yes, and, uh, a good margarita. Yeah, and um, um, that's what's got my words slurred, people. But um, and I just like I like having conversations with different people on different things. But um, and like I said, we just need to, people just need to communicate more with each other yes. rather than we need to listen and talk, talk and listen. So we're all the same. Page. We're, we're on the same side, you guys. We're all human beings. Yes. I mean, that's one thing that we really need to realize. And hopefully, you know, down the line, people will start to uh, start to give each other a chance instead of being on a political side. Be on the human race side, people. Mm -hmm. Yes. So with that, I'm going to say good night. Miss Sarah, say good night. Good night. Thank you. And Jacksonville, we will be back. And Sarah will be back. And so uh, thanks for listening. And make sure you tune in. Uh, make sure you listen to all how many segments? We did three segments. So I'm going to label them one, two, three. So all of them were good. No, they weren't good. They were awesome. So she was very awesome. So thank you and good night from Jacksonville. Good night.